Today I want to talk to you about really why we should evangelize. I'm just going to give you a couple reasons, and I hope you'll take notes. By the way, did you know on the back of your bulletin or program it says sermon notes? How many of you knew that? How many of you have been getting one of them for years and, you, and you still, you're still you just figuring that out now? <laughs> Let me see your hands. Come on, be honest. There you are. God bless you, sis. How many of you won't raise your hand no matter what I say because you're in a Pentecostal church? <laughs> we won't do forced baptisms here, I promise you. Praise God. All right. <laughs> but uh, I want to talk to you a little bit today from my heart. Is that okay? And I started to say we, we have also hired staff, more staffing, and we have others in the future that we are looking at. We have interns starting next week. Uh, how many remember Joey Parsons? Parsons family? Joey, big, tall, dark, handsome guy, ladies, but I believe he's already close to being pre-engaged. And, uh, but he'll be with us uh, starting. Actually, I have a meeting with him Tuesday morning. Very busy week coming up. And uh, tomorrow we'll get, be able to take some time off with family. But it's Labor Day, so how many know we ought to labor on Labor Day? Amen. Praise God. So uh, uh, Matt and Shelly Costa are here. Uh, and uh, go ahead and stand, you guys, would you? I love these people. They are spirit-filled. Bless you. Shelly's going to be our new administrative assistant. She'll be working very closely with my wife and I. And uh, we, there's so much happening here, folks, in the, during, between Sundays. I, you have to come by here to see what's going on. The school is almost out of room. Is that right, hon? Uh, kids of all ages here. We have a ministry school that is also uh, many people taking courses in that. Just lots happening. But uh, Matt and Shelly, they come from good stock. And uh, they both uh, are from uh, North Point, uh, you know, ministry school, where my uh, two of our three boys graduated from. How many know that our middle son was smart? He didn't go to North Point, and he saved his mom and dad a lot of money. Amen? Praise God. So, so uh, anyway, I just so appreciate them. And, and uh, we're going to, we, you know, I just say this, and I, I could talk about this in a business meeting, but I just say this because I know this is your home. This is where you love and, and, and you're loved. This is where you serve and you be served. This is where you give and you're given too. Amen? Uh, we're going to build this team. The vision God has given us is bigger than life. Amen. And it'll probably take, truthfully, a lifetime to accomplishment. How do you understand that? Multiple locations, you know, Thrive Church is thriving, doing very well. We've raised over $300,000 on that project alone. Uh, can you say praise God? Amen. My son's here, over 500000 over 500000 how many, can I, can I get a million? Amen? Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. We receive that by faith. But we're going, how many know we're going to do more locations in the future? And so just a lot happening. But my heart is so full. But I really want to talk to you a little bit about this, where I see us uh, in end time prophecy. And actually, again, with the main emphasis being on evangelizing and why God has called us and reasons. I'm just going to give you... I have four. I don't know if I'll get through them here. I'm not going to keep you all day. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, today, God, we, uh, we stand again in awe of you. And uh, we know that there are crazy things happening in our world and uh, in our country. And America needs you, Lord. Uh, 
God, we ask you, Lord, to please show yourself strong again, Lord. I don't believe anything shy of a supernatural spiritual awakening uh, will help us, God. We are uh, in many ways in a death spiral here, and we need the move of the Holy Spirit, God. We pray right now for our leaders, God. I pray for them out in Washington, D.C., God. In fact, right now, we send the Holy Spirit through prayer and intercession to Washington, D.C., and to those, God, from the president right on down to our local state representatives, God. Many of them will be here next week, Lord God. Many of them will be sitting in these front rows, Lord, dignitaries and people of, uh, you know, authority, God, public servants. But, God, I pray, God, for an end-time revival, Lord God. We need revival, Lord. A lot of people don't preach on revival, but we need it, God. We, we can't even read through Acts without seeing revivals breaking out, Lord God. So God, as people of the Holy Ghost and fire, of people of the Spirit, Lord God, I pray, God, that you'll use us. I pray even under the preaching of my voice today, Lord God, that there'll be such an urgency in our spirit, Lord, to go out and change our world together, Lord, to make a difference, God, to not settle and not be satisfied, Lord God, with a bunch of bad news, Lord God. But we'll be like a city on a hill that'll let our light shine brightly before you, Lord. Amen. Help us to be fishers of men, Lord God, I pray. Bless God, this feeble preacher today. May this word go forward like a seed and take root in our hearts and develop into a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. In Jesus' mighty name, all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. Praise God. Man, I feel his presence here today, folks. I don't know how else to say that to you. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I, uh, I'm praying that their church, and not just when I say church, I'm not just talking about our local church here, but the church corporately, capital C church, the universal church, sometimes it's called, uh, the body of Christ around the world, will feel a conviction once again. Amen? Conviction to pray. A conviction to spend time in this book, the Word of God. To spend time in the presence. Lynn, you messaged me yesterday, and that's really what was on my heart, that we need to go deeper in the things of God. Amen? And, you know, how many of you ever been to Washington, D.C. before? I'm just going to give you a couple facts. It's probably 75% of us. I'm amazed at how history uh, is being rewritten, uh, at least... Uh, from a liberal standpoint in the, in the textbooks that is preached in uh, the public schools, in the colleges and universities and institutions in our country. But I just want to give you a couple of facts. I'm not going to go too deep in this, but I want to talk to you about the Washington Monument first. Let me just give you this. I'm going to set this up on evangelism. Uh, in Washington, D.C., the Washington Monument was constructed. It was completed in 1884, but it was honoring, of course, George Washington, our very first president of the United States. It's constructed of granite faced with uh, marble from Maryland and the structure is 55 foot square at the base. This, just to give you an example, this room is uh, front to back is 50 foot. So 55 foot square at the base, marble and granite. Uh, it's 555 inches high and it weighs an estimated of 91,000 ton. The monument's height is measured, uh, again, 555 feet and actually 5 inches. The shaft's load-bearing masonry walls are 15 foot thick at the base. 
and its top is made of pure aluminum, tapering the thickness down to only 18 inches at the top. And that's part of the lightning protection uh, system that's built into that, you know, because it's at one time it was literally in its day the highest structure uh, on planet Earth. Yeah, and so um, there's just a lot here. I'm just going to give you just a couple uh, nuggets here, uh, bullet points. But uh, in the inscription on the top, watch this. The inscription on the top that faces east is Laos Deo, which translated as praise be to our God. This is in the center now of Washington, D.C. If you understand the District of Columbia, our nation's capital, which is broken up into four parts. And so when the sun comes up, and it was intentionally designed that way by the designers and the leaders of our great country in that day, that, that when the sun would rise up over our nation's capital, that that would be the very first thing that the sun would touch on. Uh, the Jefferson Memorial is to its south. Listen to this. This You'll never hear this in history, but you look this up. The White House is directly to the north. The U.S. Capitol is to the east, and the Lincoln Memorial is located directly to the west, creating a perfect cross by intentional design through the architectural engineers of their day. And millions of visitors, and how many have seen the, this Washington Monument before? All right, I was at a Beach Boys concert there July 4, 1985, just saying, okay, sorry. <laughs> That's when I had a mullet. <laughs> sorry, we won't get into all that. It's a family joke, okay. Uh, don't show any pictures, please, okay. Uh, <laughs> but it makes a perfect cross. Everybody look at me a second. It makes a perfect cross, and it was intentionally designed that way because our founding fathers, starting with our president on down, Thomas Jefferson, other ones, ones that forged the Constitution, wanted the world to know that we put God first in this country. Can you say amen? You know, and I wonder, and I'm saying some of this, to, to just let me set this backdrop up for this message, but next week you will see if the Lord tarries, you know, we might not be here next week if God comes. If he doesn't come, we'll all be here, and it'll be packed. There'll be first responders. There'll be all that, like we talked about, sitting in the front. You'll see fire trucks out the front there with a big American flag, and there'll be ambulances and all that stuff here. There's a car show here. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. And so um, we're doing that to win souls. Amen? Amen. And so, um, you know, but I wonder how many of our youth, our children, and our grandchildren actually have ever heard the very first prayer of the very first president of the United States, George Washington, because it's not in our history books. It's been taken out. It's been deleted. It, it actually came out based on my research uh, around the time uh, Roe v. Wade went through. So, but is it okay if I take just a minute and read his prayer to you? This is our very first president, George Washington. And this is what he said. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, I quote him now. He said, O God, we make our earnest prayer that thou will keep the United States in thy holy protection. And thou will incline the hearts of citizens to cultivate a spirit of subordination and obedience to government and to attain 
I'm sorry, entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another and for their fellow citizens of the United States at large, and particularly for their brethren who have served in the field of armed services. And finally, that thou will most graciously be pleased to dispose us all to do justice, to love, mercy, and to demean ourselves with that charity, humility, and pacific temper of mind, which we were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion, which is Christianity, by the way. It's not just any religion, it's Christianity. It's faith in Christ. And I'll show you that as I finish this prayer. And without a humble intim <laughs> intimidation of, the, of, of whose example in these things we can never hope to be ha a happy nation. Grant our supplication, in other words, our prayer. We beseech thee, listen, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. President George Washington, Amen. first president of the United States. <clears throat> Folks, I don't need to tell you that we've fallen far from our value system here. I'm not just talking about the Assembly of God Church. I'm talking about as Americans as a whole. If you saw the hellish demonic attacks in Kabul, Afghanistan recently. You know, and I've heard this from a very reliable source that when the last military plane lifted off, that the Christians that were still there were targeted. And that when the last plane lifted off out of Afghanistan, that the terrorist, ISIS, came in and beheaded anyone that called, considered themselves a Christian. You've seen this, these images. And that they took them by the feet and tied their corpses on the bottom of our Black Hawk helicopters and flew very lowly over the nation of Afghanistan to make an example for anyone who would claim to be a Christian. The question has been, again and again, why has Christ not returned yet? Are you ready for the answer? Go to Second Peter, if you would. Chapter 3 and verse 8. The Bible tells us, but, beloved, do not forget this one thing. What do you say? Do not forget this one thing. Do not forget. How many know some of us have a good forgetter? So we know things, but if we're not careful, we'll keep asking questions that are already answered in the Word of God. And that's why we have to be students of the Word. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Amen. Amen. And then here it is. The, here's why the Lord hasn't returned yet. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, some count slackness, but is long-suffering. Aren't you glad God's long-suffering with you? Amen. Toward us, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And then it goes in to talk about the day of the Lord, verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you 
to be in holy conduct and godliness. He's talking about a life of holiness. They're looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, the elements will melt with a fervent heat again. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Where are we at? Let me just say this really quick, and I'm going to give you these points. Where are we at on the prophetic calendar, the prophetic clock? Years ago when I was a kid, and Dad actually, we were talking about this the other day, great men of God that were into uh, Bible prophecy would put a chart like the size of the auditorium. How many remember those charts? And it would just add much confusion to all of us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, whoa, it's like overwhelming. There's so much to this, you know, from the dawn of creation, you know, to the establishment of new heavens and earth. And Revelation, of course, tells us so much. We don't have to guess. Because how many know if you're born again, that's the most important thing? Amen. Amen? Then you're ready to meet the Lord. That's the big thing, okay? And so, but someone said it like this. This really helped clarify. Say, where are we at? regarding the coming of the Lord. There was the first Adam, and after Adam, 2,000 years forward, there was Abraham. How many know everybody traces their roots back to Father Abraham? Jews, Muslim, Christians, Judeo-Christian, we all say Father Abraham, Father of the faith, the patriarch, right? Adam, 2,000 years, Abraham, watch this, 2,000 years forward, Jesus Christ. Guess what year we're living in now? 2,000 years. Could it be that that is a mark on the prophetic calendar or clock that the trumpet of God is about to sound? Amen. How many of you are ready, by the way? I want to say this to you in love, loved ones. If you're not ready, let's settle that this morning. No guilt, no condemnation, but while love and mercy is extended to you, sir, ma'am, please, in a few moments, I want to give an invitation. I want to make sure, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that we're all in right standing before God. It's not of our good works. We know that. It's by the grace of God we're saved. Amen? Amen. And so why should we evangelize? Here's the first point. Number one, because time is running out. Time is running out. And by the way, say, so what age are we in now? We're in what's called the church age. Okay? The church age started the book of Acts, okay? Acts chapter 2, you know the story, okay? They were seeking God, 120 believers in the upper room. The, suddenly what appeared like cloven tongues of fire upon each one of them, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That was the birthing of the church, amen? And so we need the Holy Spirit today even more so than they did back then. Anybody says, though, that was only for them. Let me tell you something, folks. They weren't dealing with nothing like we are now. Okay? And so time is running out. Romans 13, 12. I'm just going to give you some verses here. This is Romans 13, 11 in the New Living says it like this. This is all the more urgent for you to know how late it is. How many know, like, if you've got to be somewhere, you want to be on time? Now, I'm not going to pick on the women getting ready. Hannah says, you shouldn't. <laughs> she says, I'm fast. <laughs> but how many know you want to make sure that you're on time? Amen. You don't miss the bus. Years ago, I was doing youth ministry, and I, I was sharing a frustration with my father. It's a long time ago in the old church. I said, man, 
We had all these kids coming out. We had a Greyhound bus and, and some van loads of pack with kids. It was a God thing, you know. So what would you do to get them? It was God, and we worked our fingers to the bone. Because how many know there's no shortcuts? Yeah, God's not going to entrust you with more than what you're already being responsible for. And But, you know, God was so good to, and gracious to us. And, and I said to Dad, but there's always a couple people. They're late every single time. And he said, well, that's an easy fix. I said, what's that? He said, just pull out. He said, next time they won't be late. Now, how many know, folks, the Bible says in a twinkling of an eye, the trumpet of God's going to sound. God's going to call us out of here. Amen? And so that's what he's saying in Romans. This is all the more urgent for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. And then Matthew 24, and this is what they call the beginning of sorrows. Jesus is, calls the disciples together. Matthew 24 and verse 8, if you've got to put it up on the screen there. He said, all these things are the beginning of sorrows. And I'm not going to go into the description. You can read that in your own personal time. Matthew 24, 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations. How many know nations hate Christians? Amen. Like Afghanistan. Not everybody, but demonic terrorists do. You realize we've had missionaries at this pulpit where we have to shut that camera off because if they say the wrong thing, they're literally putting themselves in like a suicide mission because they have to go back to those countries and represent Jesus. And we support, thank God for this church that supports many, many missionaries. Amen? Amen. And so, and we'll support many more in the future because time is running out. And so uh, Jesus said, you know, look at Matthew 24 with me. You'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. <laughs> Do I need to say anything about that? <laughs> Can we just have a moment? Have you ever seen a generation that is more offendable than today? Please, folks. Do not get offended if I don't shake your hand, okay? I mean, I've had people leave because they thought I, I didn't, I don't know what, fall all over them, you know. Does anybody follow over you all the time, they, every time they see you? No. We love you. I love you. You're not going to find a, be, a, a bigger lover than me, okay? In fact, if you get in my way, I'm going to hug you. Okay, that's just the way I am. I'm all heart. I can't help it. That's the way God wired me. But don't get offended over such nonsense. You see how the enemy is at, he's at work here to try to offend. The Bible says in the last days, many will fall away or depart from the faith. One of the biggest reasons is what Jesus said right there in Matthew 24. It's offenses. He actually said it's impossible for offenses not to come. So they'll come. There'll be people will get offended over the most craziest things you've ever even heard, you know. How many had that, you know, you know, I'm going to say this the right way. You, knew, you found out down the road when you didn't see somebody, they were offended at something you did and you didn't even know you did it. Amen. <laughs> that's, how, that's what it's come to. This is how we know we're living in the last days. There's so many clear indicators, but that's just one of them. Many will be offended. You know, in the Amplified, it probably says easily offended, you know. And, and watch this. And they'll betray one another. Have you ever been betrayed before? Who, Jesus? <laughs> Join my club. And will hate one another. How about that? Why? For the love for God. For my name's sake, he said. 
It has nothing to do with you. It's because your love for God. Amen. You know, and so, and then what? Many false prophets will rise up. Oh, boy. I'm not going to go on that one too far because I could name quite a few. You know, how many times can they be wrong? My God, and some of us are hanging on every stinking word. And I believe, let me say this. I believe this house believes in the prophetic ministry. We believe in modern time prophets. I, there's several that I subscribe to, but there's a whole bunch that are out there Run. They, they have a business card. Let me tell you, if you have a business card that says apostle or prophet, you're probably not. People just get wacky in this thing. Like, how, what, what? They get crazy. See the guy with the banana yellow suit and his wife looks like she lost the paintball war on her face? How many know he's probably not a prophet, okay? <laughs> Don't get me started. I feel the spirit of Shuttlesworth coming up in me, okay? Who, Jesus. If we would just read the Bible, Amen. stay between the pages, you'll be fine. Come on, somebody. It's back to the essential gospel. You want to talk about essentials? This is an essential for your life. I know it's easier to flip your phone on and to turn your television on and, and wait for the latest word from prophet so-and-so. And again, we love the prophets. You know, it's just some of them are not prophets. You ought to be able to back it up with this book. And don't let them twist it on you. Whew, Jesus, help me with that, Lord. That's what he said. Many, many false prophets. That's not me. Those are the words of Christ. If you got a really good Bible, they're in red. So that means very important. Pay attention. This is really important concerning your life. And, and is this the last days? And, and why we should evangelize? Because there'll be many false prophets. That'll be a true sign before the coming of the Lord. Amen? They'll rise up and they'll deceive many. And because of lawlessness will abound. Sound familiar? I mean, what didn't we see in 2020? Racial tension, riots, looting, burning Antifa, all that stuff, man. I mean, it's craziness. That's lawlessness. Okay? And they try to blame it on political parties and all kinds, you know. God, Jesus, help us. And the love of many will grow cold. Have you seen that? Let me just, say, let's just do a little search. It's just family here today. How many of you knew somebody that one time was white hot on fire for God and now no longer do they even go to church any longer? This is in your Bible. Amen. The love of many will grow cold. That's why we've got to be keepers of the fire. Amen? Can't let our fire go down to embers and get turned off or offended because somebody said something on, you know, some Christian television station or, or our pastor said something that I didn't agree with or somebody didn't shake my hand. Come on, friends. What are you going to do when you sit? And I know it's not, I'm not talking to this church, but people that have been offended and grow. What are you going to do if, if you make it to heaven and you're sitting across at the marriage supper of the Lamb with some fourth century martyr who's thrown to the lions and eaten alive because he would not deny Jesus? And he looks at you and says, what did you endure in 2021? Well, pastor didn't shake my hand. <laughs> okay, you get the point? Okay, I don't know I'm parking on this for a minute, but it's true. Amen? Come on, blessed are the flexible. They'll live a long time, okay? Somebody said something to me the other day. I said, I know you're going to cry when I tell you this. And I hate to see you cry. I said, I, I won't cry. Amen. I said, you're thinking of the old Terry Drost. I'm a whole lot further down the road than I was a few years ago. Amen. And you ought to be too. Amen. 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 
Praise God. I cry when I feel the presence of the Lord. And I'm not saying you have to, but I do. It's just one of the ways that I know God is moving and he's... Is this okay today? Don't let your love grow cold. Revelation 3 is a great... Well, church at Laodicea, there's a, that's a great cross-reference there. We've got a cross-reference Bible. So, but he that endures unto the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Amen? So time's running out. Here's the second one real quick. Christ commands it. Christ commands it. Matthew 28 and verse 16. Christ commands it. If you're taking notes, it's the second point. I think they have the points up there. There they are. Christ commands it. How many know the great commission is not the great suggestion? And I know it's awkward for some people to share their faith because they're afraid that they're going to have to have all the answers when somebody asks them. And they'll, they'll use that verse as, well, you know, be prepared to give an answer in all seasons. Yes, but understand this. The more that you share your faith, the stronger your own faith will grow. Have you found that to be true? The more you share your faith, the more your own faith will grow. Because it stretches you. And so don't be afraid. You don't have to be a biblical scholar. You don't have to understand all end time prophecy and fathom all mysteries of the kingdom. You just need to be a witness for what God has done in your life. Amen. Guess what? You're the best witness there is of your own life and what God has done in it. Amen. Amen? Amen. So just Christ commands it. He says, go into all the world. Amen? And make disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. Verse 16, Matthew 28, 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain which Jesus had appointed them. This is before his ascension, near the end of Matthew's gospel. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. <laughs> Sound familiar? He was in there in the flesh in front of them, and some still doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. We have a baptismal service in what, two weeks today? And we have a lot of people getting baptized in water. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. There's the command. What command? Go. Don't sit, go. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. End of what age? The church age. Okay? Everybody with me still? So this is why, you know, when you see like even my own son, Kyle, he stood up in the last service and we, and we talked about it and what you'll hear about it for months to come. It's, they're not leaving tomorrow, but our own family is going to the uttermost parts of the earth. There's hundreds of miles of stretches of civilizations in this country. We're not even talking about overseas that have never heard the name Jesus. Is that right? And there's no church. There's no Pentecostal witness. So we can't think in terms of our own wants, needs, and feelings. Amen. We've got to think in terms of faith. You know, say, well, what will happen here in the church? Well, well, you know, what are we going to do about the youth program? God will send the right person. Amen. I said God will send the right person. Amen. Can you say Amen. When I stepped down from youth ministry, by the way, after almost a decade, the person that succeeded me was far, far better than me. You know why? 
It was my own wife. <laughs> Praise God. Some of you are missing your opportunity to give her a good greeting right there, okay? Praise God. I'll never forget it. I was sitting in the back of the room, man, and she preached that message. It was almost similar to like Spirit of Python. Remember that? I sat in the back of that room and saw all those kids under such a conviction of the Holy Ghost. I was like, is that the woman I married? <laughs> Praise God. How many, how many know God has a way? Amen. Let me tell you something. God will always provide for His work. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. So it's, Christ commands it. It's the Great Commission. Jesus said, you know, go into all the world. He didn't tell us to sit. The late uh, Keith Green used to say, every one of us is called to missions. Amen? I knew when my son was in Guatemala at 16 for the entire summer that God had, we knew long before that, that God had mega plans for him. And it's not that if you're in a church in a particular location that God's not fulfilling his will in your life. But how many know there's seasons? God sometimes calls us to a place for a season. Amen? Praise God. And so here's the third reason. People need to know the truth. People need to know the truth. How many know Jesus said, John 8, 32, you should know the truth and the truth shall. Amen. Freedom comes when the truth is declared. That's why the preaching of the gospel is so important. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to God the Father except by me, except by Jesus. It's not by Allah. It's not by Buddha. It's not by Muhammad or some other God that's still in their grave. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus only. Amen? And so, what's the problem? The problem is that Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. You know, have you noticed that people are empty today, unlike ever before? They're empty. They're empty inside, and they don't even know why. People are lost, and they don't even know why. Have you noticed this? They don't even know they're lost. Let me ask you a question. Who's going to tell them if we don't? People need to know the truth, folks. They need to know that God has a plan and a purpose for their life. And it's not just, you know, the American way. You know, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can for as long as you can and make sure nobody takes it from you. <laughs> Amen? How many know Jesus said, don't store up those treasures where moths and rust are going to destroy them or thieves will break in the window and steal them from you? But put your treasures up in heaven. Amen? Let me ask you a question. Is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? Amen. That's a question that wakes me up at night. Will anybody? Can I point the people? Not because I'm a preacher, not because we give altar calls, but because of my life. Some foolish, it was in USA Today a while back, quote-unquote evangelist, former evangelist said, I no longer uh, present the gospel like I used to. He said, I used to feel like when I presented it, it was like bait and switch. He goes, now it's just all bait. He said, I no longer go out, but I just get around people and, and let them see my life shine, and then everybody will want what I have. Let me tell you, there's a couple uh, names for that. It's called stupid, rude, and arrogant. And let me tell you why it doesn't work. Let's just do a little illustration. If you're a, science, a medical scientist and you're, you're, you have cancer, and you're trying to find the cure for cancer, and you're, you're working you know, fearlessly, you're working uh, 
round the clock to find the cure for cancer. And all of a sudden you find the cure for cancer and it's one pill, just one singletary pill that a person could take and they're completely cured of cancer and it never comes back again. And so imagine you're that scientist and he takes that pill and he's completely cured of cancer. Can you imagine how ridiculous it would be for that medical scientist who has the cure to cancer to say, "Ah, I'm just going to get around people who have cancer. And I'm not going to tell them. I'm just going to hope that they want what I have. How many know there's a word for that? It would be called criminal. We have something that's far ahead of the cure for cancer. It's a relationship with Jesus. It's a message of hope. Come on. If you believe that, clap your hands today. Amen. Hey, guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.